We are back. Under construction is live in the building, live in the effect. Kaza So say how you doing today, brother? Feeling good, man. How about yourself, bro? I'm here. I'm here. I am here. Jamal, what about you? Man, feeling good, feeling great, man. Ready to get it on, man. A lot to talk about today. Let's let's get it. Okay. Uh on Tuesday, uh, we didn't get lucky for the second year in a row. We stayed where we were uh slated to pick at eleven. And uh how you guys feeling about that, man? Expected. Um, I, I don't even know why people even expected anything else, man. Um and, and at and at this point of the rebuild, this is a good thing. And because whoa, whoa, what happened? Wait, 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 wait. You said rebuild? Yeah, whatever. Uh re retool, rebuild. Uh what 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 did you say? Retool is Spanish for rebuild. Ain't that what you said one day? But Whatever, whatever term people want to use in this stage of the process, this is not a bad thing. People are acting like they have never been great players taken beyond the third pick. Um, there's a guy right now who's doing pretty damn good. His name is Devin Booker. I think he got picked 13. You know, you remember the guy we picked ahead? Never mind. We're not going to get on that. But anywho, man, <laughs> we are. I have to keep reminding Charlotte Hornets fans we are still ahead of schedule. You can still get a really good player at 11. Um, even if you don't, we still have a centerpiece in LaMelo Ball. It's all good. I don't know why I'm being so positive today, guys, but I just feel like this is just not a bad thing for us to be at 11 now. What about you, Kaiser? If it was, if we were still on the rich show, I might be a little worried. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Mitch right. Kocher, I feel like, has proven his worth when it comes to drafting outside of the top 10. I mean, I mean look at it, look at all of this pick so far. Uh, they've been pretty good. Um, although the jury's still out on PJ Washington, but I mean, honestly, I'm not going to nitpick that. He, for where he wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me he's not a bust after the second season? Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, <laughs> amazing, okay. amazing, right? Yeah. Right, right. So, uh, so imagine, I think that's how that works. I actually, although I'm a big proponent of the Hornets trading away this pick, I, I kind of feel like you could package it up and uh, maybe get a center that way. I really just don't feel like seeing the Hornets try and develop another player. I, I just really don't. Um, I feel like they they have their hands full with essentially developing their four four of their marquee players in Lamella Ball, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, and Devonte Graham. If Graham sticks around, and then, you know, if we have to add another guy, we got to develop. Uh, I know we're we are ahead of schedule on the rebuild, but if you have an opportunity to be better faster, then you should take it. And I kind of think with by packaging the eleventh pick, you can maybe do that. Having said that, I don't think they'll trade it. Mitch has never really shown that that's what he does. His thing, yeah. All right, yeah. I think he's going to draft the best player available. At 11. And guess what, Hornets fans? It won't be a center. I really hate to break it to y'all. It's not going to be a guy at the five. Um, it's going to be whoever the best player is on the board. If it just helps, so happens to be a center, which it probably won't be at the 11th pick, then great for us. But uh, Hornets fans are going to be very disappointed when Mitch drafts some shooting guard out uh, of Oklahoma or something. It's, it's, it's going to be – or. Or a power forward out of Kentucky. Like, yeah, exactly. Yep. So these <laughs> fans. I, I, I'm I, look, man. My philosophy and Mitch's and Mitch's obvious philosophy is best player available. Absolutely. When when, when you're in the middle of a retool, rebuild, uh, tear down, make up, whatever you want to call it, you 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 have to pick the best talent that's available. You don't have the luxury of picking. Someone based solely off of need. You're, you're, you're not the Warriors. You're, you're not Milwaukee, and so you 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 have to think as what you are. Uh, I had to break it to people, man. It's probably going to be a guard or, or a wing because we it's a it's a big possibility we might lose Devontae and Malik, and so you have to re replace that actual production off the bench. You know what, Rodney? You bring up an excellent point that I don't think enough people are talking about because I don't think people are seeing that what you said as a real possibility, which it is a real possibility. And I don't think that's talked about enough. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, man, but no, there, there, there's a name floating around right now. And let me be clear before I go into this. 
it's it's a little too early to be looking at mock drafts. Like we haven't even we haven't even gotten to the point where these kids are worked out yet. But the name that's kind of floating around too early right now is Jalen Johnson out of Duke, who is a who's a very talented freshman coming out of Duke, man. But and, and I just mentioned that because you just brought up this great point. Like, what if we do lose both of those guys? There's two pretty big holes to fill, man. And we and we gotta start looking at that more than the obvious need, which is the center. So that yeah, I just wanted to talk to your point real quickly. Yeah, and 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 I thoroughly trust him. I I don't see a trade going down at this point. I, I honestly, I rather use just use the cap space we have available to get a center. Uh, I I like that option a little more. But I mean, I'm all for like doing it the best natural route possible. Like to me, Atlanta caught lightning in a bottle. In Atlanta got the right pieces that were available at the time. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Atlanta, their cap space in the next couple of years isn't there. And so we don't know what, 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 what the true max of that team is. And you can't base Charlotte's success off of Atlanta because it's two totally different situations. So right. Atlanta, has, Atlanta has done this before. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals a f- just a few years ago. Then this Absolutely. Past they caught lightning in the bottle, and they, they couldn't sustain it because they essentially had all these expensive free agents on their team that just left. And then, you know, they fell back to being a lottery team, and now they got Trey Young, and now they're in the same situation. They got a really good uh, centerpiece player and a bunch of guys who are going to be free agents in two to three seasons. Um, I think the Hornets are trying to avoid that by having homegrown talent. By, by that, I mean guys they drafted that will – uh, build up some type of rapport and loyalty with with the team. Also, uh, all you fans out there, I suggest you go to Sport Track and look at the how the how Mitch has structured a lot of the contracts. A lot of these guys are kind of locked into being Hornets for a long time, unless the team says, "Okay, we're done with you." Uh, we might lose Monk and Grant, but they're both restricted free agents, and Monk has a qualifying offer. It essentially for Monk to leave the team. The Hornets would have to either a not offer him a qualifying offer, which they will. It's only seven million dollars, and if they do, he'd have to reject that, and then another team would have to sign him, and then the Hornets would have to choose to not match that. All that would have to happen for Monk to lose the team. Graham is an unrestricted free agent. Essentially, the same thing would have to happen for him. All you people that think Lamelo Ball's gone after his rookie contract, guess what? His rookie contract ends in three seasons, but he's an unrestricted free agent, and there's a team option after that. If the Hornets really wanted to keep LaMelo Ball here for eight seasons, they could do it. So I, I Mitch, Mitch is smart. He knows that the Hornets, one thing they've never been able to do is just keep players. Uh, guys come here, they get good, and then they leave. And I think he's done a lot to, to try and mitigate that, and I think that's the Hornets' plan going forward, unlike the Hawks who have said, okay, we we got to build around this guy now and try and win. I, I mean, look, Trey Young last year kind of put that pressure on Atlanta uh, right before the offseason. He, he said he wants to win now. And players now have a little more flexibility. I mean, if you look at Zion, his, his family's speaking on his behalf, essentially saying he wants out of New Orleans. But when you're in the well, Atlanta's not a small market. I'm not gonna call them a small market, but but Atlanta is a historically mediocre team. So when we, when you don't have excellence around you or sustained excellence, you're always on the clock with, with your generational talent. Um, I think Mitch is doing his best job to 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 to, to put the pieces around Lamelo and, and to have movable assets in the future. Uh, PJ PJ Washington will be movable. Uh, I, I think in the future, Gordon Hayward will, will be actually be, be movable, but it's not smart to trade him this offseason because you need that goodwill around the NBA. He took a chance on Charlotte. It's working. And for us to trade him after one year, that's, that sets yeah. a bad precedent. The last season in his contract, I, I would imagine the yeah. Hornets would be looking to move him, regardless of how good he is at that point, because you would expect that guys like Miles Bridges will will have ascended at the, at that point. But yeah, yeah, right now not a good time. Not I mean, a good time. Don't best player, I feel like. I the the difference when he was on the court and when he was not was so massive that you just can't ignore that. You can't ignore that. And and you go ahead, Jamal. 
not 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 to mention the fact, man, like, you know, the 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 whole injury prone narrative is a bit it's just a bit silly, man. I, I go back to this all the time, man. Like there to me, there's just a fine line between being unlucky and being injury prone. Like like Gordon Hayward does not have one chronic problem. You get what I'm saying? Again, the dude came down on somebody's foot. It happens. It's <laughs> severe sprains well, happen. Expect, yeah. Right. It, like it happens by chance sometimes. So it's not like we're dealing with some with a bad hip or a chronically bad back or something like that, man. It's just bad luck. You know what I mean? And, and I don't think you can just give up Gore Hayward based off of that, man. So, and, and you made a commitment. And, and bo- both parties made a commitment to each other. Like, so you have to try your best to make that commitment work. And giving up after one season is just silly. It's beyond silly to me for any party to move on after this. So, yeah. And, and then if I'm a free agent and I committed to the city of Charlotte, I moved my family, I shifted my life to, to being in a midside city uh, where opposed to where I could be in like in a New York or Chicago or something like that. It's a slap in the face for you to trade me after one year. Hello. It's a real Hello. big slap in the face. Like, we got to stop looking at players like they're just players and not pawns, people. like they're just pawns. Yeah, and like, like pawns yeah. on the chessboard. Like, we have to look at them like they're actual people who go through actual things. And uh, But the thing is, but you know who you know who I blame for that man. I, I call it the Bill Belichick effect because you know we we know how the Patriots operate in football and fans kind of fall in love with that. Like yeah, yeah, this is a team and you and, and we're tough and we got to do it. We got to do it. Like no nah, man, that that's that's not reality, especially in the NBA. The NBA works a lot differently, man. So you got to operate. And you got to move a lot differently. And you got to treat these, especially with guaranteed contracts. It, it's right. a, it's a it's a it's a, bit, it's a more complicated. When you when you factor that into it as well, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Speaking of uh, players having feelings, uh, was Scottie Pippen in his feelings? What is wrong with Scottie Pippen, man? What is wrong with him? I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give a rundown. I'm gonna give a, <laughs> I'm gonna give a complete kind of rundown of what happened this week. So, I guess he had an interview with GQ magazine. Uh, they talked about Ben Simmons and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And he basically said that Ben Ben's issues are all up here, which I I, I fully agree. I kind of agree with that. And that Giannis could airball a free throw, come down, try to dunk on you again, and miss the free throw, come back and try to dunk on you again. Which Giannis has no fear. Giannis is a complete animal. Uh he said that. Uh, he said that uh, basically LeBron James won the title by himself in 2016. Stop it. He said that. Uh, Phil Jackson subbed, subbed him out the game for Tony Kukoc because it was racial. Because <laughs> he feels it was racial. Look, speak your truth, Scotty. Speak your truth. Oh, and then uh, he shook the uh, KD hive and, and basically said that KD will never be uh, LeBron James and LeBron James is just a complete better player and, and all that. Uh, guys, man, what, what's, what's going on with Scotty, man? Look, I, I know he has that bourbon. I know he's trying to sell that book. What, 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 what is Scotty doing, man? Like, well, trying to sell a book. <laughs> yeah, basically. But so to be fair to Scotty, I don't think he's ever quite gotten the recognition that he deserved because I mean, he played under Michael Jordan. Yeah. So, and I think that that weight that's got a weigh on him. Um, it's been like 30 years, you know, he played, uh, since, you know, since he came into the league and played under Michael Jordan. And essentially people were like, you know, they call him Robin to, to Jordan's Batman. And I, uh, I think, uh, uh, where, and where's, I, where, I where's the lie? But no, but I'm going to say something. Like until Jordan, like like before Jordan, we never heard that Batman and Robin term. No, yeah, no. And although it, it's true, I just think it kind of – Wears on Scotty. That's why we, we've we've seen him flip flop on whether he thinks Jordan or LeBron is better. <laughs> and my thing is, you know, he knows Michael Jordan is the goat. He just don't want to say it because he feels like him saying that somehow diminishes his role on those Chicago Bulls teams that won all those championships. Um, the thing about Tony Kukoc is is. Ridic is ridiculous. It's, look, it's, look, it's look, out look, of pocket, look, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give some context. There was a play earlier that year 
that was exactly drawn up, and Tony Kukoc hit the game-winning shot for Chicago. Look, quick question: In your guys' memory, do you ever remember? Ta- do you ever remember Scottie Pippen hitting the game-winning shot? Yeah, I do ever. actually. Yes, I do. It, it, it was a regular season game that didn't matter. It wasn't nothing important, but yeah, I do. Seriously. Like, this is no, listen, let, but let me be clear. It was never like in the playoffs or like some big time game. It, yeah, it was like during the regular season. Yeah, I, I actually do. Scotty Pippen, yeah, Scotty Pippen is not an offensive player. Tony Kukoc right. was. That's, I mean, it's as simple as that. Scotty Pippen in his best season averaged 19 points a game. Scotty Pippen never. No, 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 no. He, 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 he's, been 20, he's been a 20 point game scorer. But still, I mean, that is, that's like. That's like uh, let, the offensive let, let, for Scottie Pippen. Let, let, me, let, me bu- let me bust this real quick, man. So this whole Tony Kukos thing, I'll speak to this first. Tony Kukos was simply a better option because he could get a shot off faster than Scottie Pippen. That's it. That's the only – he had a quicker shot release than Scottie Pippen. That's the only reason why that play was drawn up for Tony Kukos at that point. Now, to the other stuff about Scottie Pippen as a player himself, Kaza stole all my thunder. And I believe it's because he's in his feelings about him never getting the credit he deserved for those championships. But here's my thing about that. Michael Jordan himself has came out and said multiple times, I don't win six titles without Scottie Pippen. MJ himself has said it. I don't know why Scottie Pippen is looking for further validation from the public in regards to that, when the man himself said it. So, <laughs> to Kaza's point, man, coming out with a book and being a GQ, being a GQ, Scottie Pippen finally has his shine, so to speak. The spotlight is now on Scottie Pippen. And, 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 I, and I've been listening to conversations about this. Some people brought up the fact that maybe he don't like the way he was portrayed, but, I mean... But what was so bad about it? That's my question. Honestly, <laughs> like if you honestly looked at it, he waited to get surgery during the season, like on company time. He wanted to have his vacation. Look, 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 look. He said that Kevin Durant wasn't really the leader that LeBron James was. And, and, and then, look, Kevin Durant fired back with this, which, which is right. Didn't Scotty refuse to go back in the game for the last second shot because he was in his feelings? Uh, the coach drew up for a better player. Like, wh- where's the leadership on that? You, 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 you're averaging 22 points a game. You, you got your team in the second conference, second round of the playoffs. You decide to sit on the bench. You, you're not a leader. Like, suck it up, address it, address it after the play. Be a decoy. Let your team win. But, and here's my thing, man. With the whole Batman and Robin thing, like anybody who knows basketball, anybody who studied the game of basketball, anybody who's really into the culture of basketball has always given Scottie Pippen his merit his credit on his own. Everybody has always consistently said the same thing about Scottie Pippen. Top 50 player, one of the best defensive players we've ever seen. Uh, Michael Jordan, the Bulls don't win six titles without him. Anybody, everybody who knows basketball has been consistent in saying these things. Again, I don't know why he's trying to validate himself all over again. You remember the whole thing where, where, where Skip Bayless, I hate to bring his name up in basketball discussions, but remember when Stephen A just, just jumped all over this dude for suggesting he wasn't a top 50 player? That's just an example of 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 any of, of just the media being consistent about giving Scottie Pippen his props. Where is this coming from, man? Like, I don't... It's puzzling. He... he it's been festering for a while. He knows that Kevin Durant will engage him in this because Kevin Durant would engage me. <laughs> or, you know, he'd engage my, my daughter. Uh, in the <laughs> battle, you know, if she came at him. So, you know, Scott Pippen's not, he's not, he's not dumb. He's, he's not stupid. He knows yeah. what he's gonna do to sell. Look, man, you re- on, a, on a on a on a Charlotte sports podcast, we're talking about Scottie Pippen. Hey, Scottie hey listen, Pippen. man, remember, remember when Mike Tyson was talking about biting uh, Lennox Lewis's ear off and eating his kids and all this other stuff? Scottie Pippen's doing the same thing, yeah, oh, yeah. right? He, 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 he <laughs> some books. I wouldn't have even bought the book. Uh, I probably still won't buy it. Well, I'm, I'm not buying no book. Yeah. But there's going to be people out there that got to hear, that want to hear what, what Scotty's got to say. Now, I kind of agree with him on some of his takes on LeBron and KD. I feel like as good as Kevin Durant has been during his career, LeBron James has been the best player in the league damn near every year. 
since he came into the league. Or I don't think that's debatable. I, no, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel like that's not debatable. I feel like LeBron may not be the same kind of leader as players in the past. I, 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 he's he's a leader. The, the the quality of his leadership leaves a lot to be debated. But I'd say I'd say he's more of a leader than Kevin Durant, who seems to be content with just being a really good guy. You know, on a on on his teammates. I don't really see Kevin Durant as as a leader per se, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Kevin Durant's just like I'm just gonna go out here and drop like 47 points. In you know, I'm gonna do let, my thing. So let, I don't him on that. Let, let me speak to that point, man, because you know, and, and look, man, I, I'm I'm this is gonna sound like I'm hating on LeBron, which I'm not, man. But y'all know, like when LeBron does things, everything is more magnified when he does oh, it because right. he's more out in the front doing it. We we can visually see LeBron being a leader. We we see the things he's done on the bench and in front of the camera. Kevin Durant just might not be the same, like you said, like the same type of leader. His might be more behind the scenes, or I'm going to lead by example. To me, none is not. There's no 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 leadership style that's better than the other. It's just a different type of leadership style. Pippen may prefer LeBron's leadership over KD's. I mean, and, and, and I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. <laughs> KD's been the best player in the league since 2017. I, I'm I'm just putting that out there. I'm just putting that's that out now. There. That's um, debatable. I mean, look, look, Durant. During LeBron's run, when 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 LeBron was Superman on the Heat, LeBron was. It, it's not yeah, even. He was, he was, he was, yeah, he was. during that run, it's not even debatable. Now, if we're talking the last three or four years, eh, maybe four, we five, can. Four or five. Can he, that, can I'll say this: LeBron can still, in his advanced age, he's what thirty-five, he can still do more. Overall, no, he can't. If so, it's just that it, physically, it cost him more. Then it costs Durant because Durant's a little bit younger. He came in the league later. Yeah, if, yeah. If LeBron needs to get a triple double for his team to win. He's gonna go out there and he's gonna get a triple double. His team may not win, but he's gonna go out there and get you like, Look, like 30, I, 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 36, I, I, 10, and eleven. I'm gonna he, say this. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say those, those last the, those last couple games versus the Suns. He didn't look. He, yeah, I, but, but that may be age. That may be age. But but here's one thing. Man, but, like you, man. Age and injury. I mean, LeBron, the injuries are catching up to LeBron. He's been Iron Man his whole career, but at his age, it only takes one ankle, and then and then that's it. And then your prime's over. Um, I mean, Kevin Durant still, ha you know, he's a few years younger than LeBron. He's been in the, the league less time, and I do. I, I will say this: by the time they are both retired, the conversation about who was better will be closer because KD is going to have a quadrillion points at that point of his career. And he'll probably, he'll probably have another championship. So three championships to, to five. I, I think there'll, there'll be some debate. Hey, I, I, I got, I got a quote, man. What, what, what do y'all think about this quote, man? Kevin Durant said, uh, yeah, they followed Phil Jackson, not you. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, if you look at it, Scotty in his book, he's basically saying that he was the leader of that team. And Kevin Durant is like, you don't like like you chose to, you chose to rehab during the season. How can you be a leader? <laughs> you 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 didn't want to sacrifice. I don't think there were well, any real leaders on that team. I'll be, and this is based on what we know from media narrative and watching the Last Dance. Right. Everyone followed Phil. I don't. I'm, I'm not even sure if you could count Michael Jordan as a like. You know, he was a leader in some sense. He, and that he motivated other players, but Michael Jordan's idea of motivation was like, "Look, you better yeah, hit I'll, your shot. I'm gonna bust your ass if you don't hit your <laughs> shot. That's right. You don't hit the shot. I'm gonna pass you the ball. You are gonna hit the shot. And players were like, okay, damn, I'm gonna hit the shot. But, <laughs> but I think that you know, uh, <laughs> you know, Phil Jackson was was the leader of that group. Um, imagine in today's NBA if you had a player like Dennis Rodman. That in the middle of a playoff series leaves. Right, does right, what he does. Yeah. WWF event. Yes, I'm old. I said WWF. WWF event. Bangs <laughs> Carmen Electra and goes gambling and gets drunk in Vegas. What leader? What player is going? There, there's no player that can deal with that. There, right. There's no player on. Scotty Pippen wasn't calling. Dennis Rod. Hey man, we need you. We need you to talk. You know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no. 
In fact, they said what? It was Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson that went and got Dennis Rodman out of his hotel room because that's how the Chicago Bulls ran. So, right. so guys, so guys, I, 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 uh, one more thing, man. This is one more thing that uh, Scotty Pippen said that uh, I, I, I want your take on it. I, I really do want your take. He was referencing uh, Sir Charles. He said, he said he only got arrested for throwing some little white guys out a window. <laughs> I ain't never seen him fight no black man unless it was a referee around. He plays his role like he's tough. I don't know nobody he don't whoop. <laughs> you guys think about that statement, man? I look, man. I how can we answer that? Because we it's not like we hang out with Charles Barkley, man. Here's what I know. Here's what I do know about Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley on the court, at least, at least on the basketball court, it didn't look like Charles Barkley feared anybody. He he's gotten into it with Charles Oakley, who was the toughest of the tough. I, like if you if you want a real tough guy. And you, there's no way you're going to convince me otherwise of, of Charles Oakley. So that's enough for me, man. So on the court, I saw plenty of examples where Charles Barkley was ready to go to war with everybody who was in front of him. Man. Carl Malone, Charles Oakley, uh, uh, Dennis Rodman, yeah. anybody. You know what I'm saying? So Only because the referees were there. What which what what can we say to that? I don't know, man. I, I'm not I'm not hanging out in bars with Charles Barkley, man. I, I don't I don't buy it. I don't. Scotty act like he was out there boxing every. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like 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 where your strengths at? Where I mean, he dunked on Patrick Ewing and stepped over him. That and that was one of the greatest dunks in NBA history. But man, don't act like like he was giving in fisticuffs every match. Like. Scotty act like he got his hood stripes, like like you know, like he got a record for beating up cats, man. I don't, whatever, dude. <laughs> Scotty acting like he Jerry Stackhouse. Hey, you know, <laughs> if you know what we know, Jerry Stackhouse, you do not mess with Jerry. Don't Stackhouse. you don't run up on Jerry. He will box you in front of your bus. <laughs> run, run, run up on Jerry Stackhouse, you want to. <laughs> so, so guys, so guys, I, I got a parting quote before we get to the playoffs. Never thought I'd be talking from this perspective. But I'm really not sure what else you expected. When the higher ups have all come together as a collective, with experience to end my to end my run and send me a message, King. Kaiser, <laughs> take this for first, man. Please. First of all, I want to say Space Jam Two will be terrible. <laughs> you get that out. It's gonna be a bad movie. Okay. How do we establish that? Um, you know, a lot of people talk about how Michael Jordan, yeah, I got, I got to take it to, to, to the GOAT, how Michael Jordan would not be able to manage in today's NBA, the, the social media age, like LeBron and other players of his ilk would. Which I totally agree with. And I do agree with that. But at the same time, this is what happens in the social media age. You get stuff like like this. I'm not a big fan of the shut up and dribble narrative. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you got to shut up and dribble. Sometimes you just got to shut up. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's best to not say anything. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's like the Brown <laughs> game can't possibly think that there's any kind of overarching hey. conspiracy against him in professional sports. I, I don't – that's that's such a disillusion. I, I just don't see how anyone could think that when – LeBron, uh, Le, the NBA has really, really caught a LeBron. We just saw it in the playoffs. Chris Paul had to miss game one because of COVID protocols. Miles Bridges missed two weeks. LeBron James breaks COVID protocols. How much time did he miss? A game? He didn't miss a game. Zero. A game? Yeah, Zero. On. But yet there's a conspiracy against you? I don't, I don't get where you're coming from with it. I don't get it. Listen, man, so just to give you some context behind this, I, I, I actually just saw this quote yesterday, and Riley told me how late I was seeing it. I guess it was that this quote has been out, what, a week? About five days, five, six days. five days. Cool. My first thought was, number one, how dangerous could a quote like that be to the integrity of the NBA? We're talking about the NBA's biggest star, <laughs> the ambassador of the NBA in so many ways. And to 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 to, to kind of say that the NBA itself is conspiring against his biggest star? No do we not, no. 
Do we not realize how dangerous that could be? Ain't no way in hell. So, so with all that being said was, to me, it was mind-boggling how this quote didn't gain more traction amongst the national media. I was, like, mind-boggled by it. There are people that agree with him. Uh, right. There are people right. that, like, you know, they think that there's some kind of conspiracy against the player who the NBA loves more than anybody. Okay, so here's my, here's my simple question behind that. How? Like, how? That works against the NBA. <laughs> I, there's, there's no logic behind yeah. it, man. It, it's... I don't, what, uh, yeah, what does the NBA gain by... Gain from... Right. That's from my point, Robert man. On James. And uh, here's the well, thing. Well, 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 the NBA has gained viewership. <laughs> this playoff. Well, but, okay, so... Did anybody, anybody expect that? There's yeah. some, well, well, hold on. Hold on. The The... The uh, statistic that I see being floated around is how viewership in the playoffs is higher than it was, what, in the last two, three seasons. But that counts viewer share from the total playoffs. And LeBron played in the first round. So it counts those numbers. And people wanted to see, you know, L.A. versus Phoenix. People wanted to see that. Um, So I'd like to see the conference finals numbers. Um, in the upcoming finals, which will probably be Milwaukee and Phoenix, which that's going to be interesting. Interesting, but <laughs> Phoenix, Phoenix, and Atlanta—two teams that weren't in the playoffs last season—are both top ten national media markets. Phoenix is in the top eight. Atlanta. Wait, is- wait, 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 wait. So Phoenix is not a small market. No, uh, uh-uh, no, <laughs> not a small market. Yeah. So, and plus. The New York Knicks returns to somewhat prominent. So, you know, Knicks, Knicks fans aren't checking for the Nets like that. So now you got the Nets expecting to win a championship. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know, Kaza, because they seem to be pretty damn obsessed with the Nets if you look at yeah. some of their yeah. videos sometimes. They, they, was last season, they was last season, in, and they were at the beginning of this season when, you know, it looked like they had the super team. But then the Knicks got the fourth seed, and Cass went crazy. It was like, you know, you could hear the Timberlands marching. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> so, oh, man. But I haven't said that. I, I just don't see what, what the NBA, like I said, what, what they have to gain by railroading LeBron. I don't. Yeah, that, that, that is beyond logic, man. And a, a quote uh, like that. You know, taken from uh, another media source, it's purposefully vague because he can always have plausible deniability. I wasn't talking about that. I wasn't talking about that. I was just putting down the rap lyric. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, right. I, 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 you know, and you got to show me examples. You got man, yeah. let, let me, let me, I, I, here's my parting shot for this subject, man. And uh, I, I, I've said this before, man. When it comes to LeBron James, we, we look, he's a, a, Obviously a landmark athlete. We don't have to talk about that. He's been a great ambassador for the NBA, man. He's done nothing that you know that that would warrant us overly criticizing his character or him as a person. But my my one beef with LeBron has always been attention seeking, man. He's always doing something where it just seems like he has to have himself in the limelight. He's out of the playoffs. The Lakers are not a thing right now. He's not a thing right now, but somehow, some way, he has to interject himself into into the spotlight, and and that's kind of always been my small annoyance with LeBron. And and this, and, and again, man, right. And the thing is, man, like I, I think to for lack of a better term, man, he's he's got kind of lucky with this quote because it could have really crossed the dangerous line. Luckily, it didn't, and we can all just kind of move on and pay attention to the teams we have in the playoffs now. Speaking Perfect segue, teams, right? Speaking teams that we that we have in the playoffs. Uh, that is called a segue, people. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Phoenix Suns are up 3-1 versus the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Chris Paul is literally a game away from his first NBA Finals. At 36 years old? Wow. Yeah. Guys, man, are you impressed with what Phoenix has done, or are they just the benefactor of, of Kawhi being out? Uh, a little bit of both. I think it's fair. Phoenix, I think, was the better team throughout the regular season. Uh, so, you know, they deserve this success, and it shouldn't really be surprising. 
I don't think they're up three one if Kawhi is not, if Kawhi is playing though. I think it's a, probably a two two series at this point. But that's the way the NBA is. Yeah, I, mean, I could do it in front of you. Yeah, I mean, I could just point like uh, Chris Paul. You guys remember a few seasons ago was injured in Game Seven. He didn't play in Game Seven against the Golden State Warriors when he was with the Rockets, and a lot of people figured that they would win that series. Chris Paul didn't play in the Warriors won that series and went on to win a, uh, another championship. So now Chris Paul is on the other side of that coin. So, you know, the thing is, is I'm not a Chris Paul fan. I'm, I'm, I'm not a Chris Paul fan. I, I feel like he's kind of a dirty player. Uh, a lot of guys in the league just don't like him. Um, you know, to me, his only redeeming quality is that he's from North Carolina. Chris Paul is probably the pure, the best pure point guard of his generation. I mean, since, you know, since the point guards of the 90s, uh, Chris Paul carried that style over into a generation of the league that where that style of play for point guards has gone away. You don't see many guys like Chris Paul. Mid-range killer. Yep. He could impact the team in so many ways. And he can he can step out and shoot the three if, if he if he feels like he needs to. He's just a really complete player. So I'm glad to see that kind of player come in and elevate their team um, to what's surely going to be uh, a finals appearance. Yeah, I I also agree. It's a little bit of both, man. Um, I you know it, it's again it's probably two two if Kawhi's playing, but but here's my thing, man. Here's what nobody talks about. The Suns went. They actually have won a couple of games where Chris Paul didn't play, and out and and on top of that, I don't think their backup point guard gets enough props. I don't think Cameron Payne gets enough mm-hmm. props, man. He, he's coming. He's played some pretty big minutes when Chris Paul was either ineffective or or not playing at all. I just think the Suns are the most complete team. You know, does that mean they're the most talented? Probably not, but they are they are more in sync than any other team that I see still playing right now. And and Monty Williams deserves a lot of credit for that, man. I think Cam Johnson has given them big minutes, man. I, I think um, uh, Bridges has given them some big minutes. I think he's ascending. He's a he's a rising young talent. Um, can't say enough about DeAndre Ayton, man. I mean, he he's going to – good Lord, he's about to get paid. <laughs> he's going to get paid in the offseason, man. So, again, I just think they're the most complete team. And I think Chris Paul is to the Suns what Gordon Haywood is to the Hornets. And here's what I mean by that. He is a stabilizer. He is, he was, I said this before, Chris Paul was the perfect piece to, he was a perfect missing piece to the puzzle of the Suns. He he just fit in perfectly with them. You know, when, when, when the offense is stagnant, when Devin Booker is off, which is not often, Chris Paul steps in immediately and he gets the job done. I I kind of see them going on to be the champions. If you know, more than likely they're gonna play the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I'm sorry, man. They're they're my pick to win it all right now. Now things are fluid, things are changed. But again, I just think that they are the most complete team left playing right now. Look, man, first of all, I want to give a shout out to James Jones. Who 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 was the executive of the year, which yes. is well deserved, showing that former players all you need to all they need to be doing all they need to be given is a chance, is opportunity. Um, look, man, I I, I want to give credit to to somebody who got who got a lot of freaking hate, Paul George, man. Look, I know he missed free throws and all, but he has pretty much led this team since Kawhi is out. To the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, he has. Yeah. When Kawhi hurt his knee, we all had them for dead, and we all were, we all were preparing for Utah versus Phoenix. We didn't get that. In actuality, it should be two two, beside the missed free throws. And if you look at last night, there was missed calls. Uh, Terrence Mann, he, he should have got an and one. The ball was out on uh, Bridges, at toward the end of the game, and Chris Paul traveled. So there there were a lot of missed calls. Look. This series should have been 2-2 if, if we want to keep it funky. But, um, I mean, it's still not over. No, it's not. Well, listen. It's, it's, it's pretty much over. But we've seen, especially but, in the Western Conference, where there's uh, the, the parity is different. We've seen teams come back from 3-1 deficits and win. Golden State did it a few years ago. 
against OKC. Hey, Kaza, kind of funny you mention that because they, when they were interviewing uh, CP3 after the game last night, Ray, the first thing Rachel Nichols said, hey, Chris, you're up 3-1. Chris Paul shut it down immediately. He says, I don't want to talk about 3-1. I've been there before. I right. mean, he didn't even he didn't even address the question. <laughs> he I mean, knows. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, if you look at the talent that the Clippers have, it's a bunch of mid-level talent, not top-end talent. I fully don't expect them to, to come back. I mean, this playoffs has been pretty much condensed for them. Like, they had, like, a day-and-a-half break coming into this series. Like, they didn't get the normal two, three-day break. So, I mean, they're playing with dead legs, house money. Uh, I fully expect Phoenix to, to, to close them out um, in Phoenix. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this much, man. Let, let me let me flip-flop just a little bit, just based off of this. I thought, Clip, I thought the Clippers were dead against the Mavericks. I thought the Clippers were dead against the Jazz. And they responded. They responded both times. Whatever the case is, they've responded at least being down 0-2 two times. I, I I will not discount the resiliency of the Clippers. I'll just say that much. I still I'm still picking Phoenix, but I'm not going to discredit the, the Clippers, man. Oh, I, I, and, 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 and as far as your 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 uh, your uh, misplaced assumption that that Phoenix is going to win the championship, <laughs> let me tell you something. The champion is coming from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You like, think so? I, yeah, no, I agree with Rodney here. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Drew Holiday can D up Chris Paul or or Devin Booker. No problem. There is nobody in Milwaukee that, that is actually checking Giannis Antetokounmpo. Nobody's checking Giannis. And, and, and then on top of that, you play into Milwaukee style by playing DeAndre Ayton on the floor. Like, yeah, that's what I'm. I'm, I'm, Lopez, I'm will, Lopez will draw him out there because Lopez can hit those threes, and, and, and if you got Bobby Portis, they can throw a wave at you. My, my, the only the, the only problem with the Bucks in the past few seasons has been that they lacked experience and they just couldn't get over that hump. And then there were times where Gian, Giannis's confidence was shot late in games because he couldn't hit free throws and it was costing his team, and they just couldn't get over that hump. They're about to get over the hump. And you think Giannis taking that confidence into the finals? Who who's gonna stop him on Phoenix? Who's gonna stop him on Phoenix? We've already seen that Devin Booker can be at the very least slowed down. You can't even slow down Giannis. But here's here's my thing with the Suns. Okay, you slow down Devin Booker, man, but they can hit you in so many different ways, man. I mean, again, Cam Cam Johnson's having a good playoffs, man. Uh, uh, Aiton is having a great playoffs. Bridges is having a good playoffs. You're not going to shut Cam Cameron Payne is having a great playoffs, man. Like, come on, man. Let's give Suns some some credit for being deep, at least. How often, though? So let's take Golden State versus Cleveland out of the picture because you know you're talking like super team versus uh, the the best player maybe of all time in two all-stars. But how often do you see a team that has the best player on the floor not win the championship? I mean, we, that that's what's happened the last few years in in the time before, you know, LeBron's dominance and, you know, LeBron and Steph Curry trading championships. Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, is he's he's the best he would be the best player in the, in the series far and away. I you agree know? with that. And, 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 and if you look at this man, like people always talk about Giannis' skills and whatnot. Giannis is look, it's, it's, it's not a pretty game. The dude is averaging 28 and a half, 14 rebounds, and six assists with, with, with quote unquote no skill. Like, let me let me ask y'all some questions, man. Uh, we're gonna play a game, and I'm gonna ask you who do you trust more, okay? Who do you trust more, uh, Mike Budenholzer or Monty Williams? Who do you trust more, Devin Booker or Chris Middleton? Who do you trust more, Drew okay. Holiday or Chris okay. Paul? So that depends on the moment. Yeah. In the moment, and I'm y'all know what I mean by the moment, I take mm-hmm. Chris Middleton over Devin Booker. Are you time. sure? Well, okay. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it now, I, I give you that. I mean, I'll and, give you and, that. And, and, and if you look at it too, Chris Middleton 
plays both sides of the ball slightly better than Booker. If you if you want to keep it real, and 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 and, and, and Drew Holiday was probably one of the main reasons they closed out that series against Brooklyn because because he went off. He was he was having a horrific game, but he went off to score like like last six seven points from Milwaukee. He was their closer. But Rodney, you know like I know, y'all know like I know, and this is what worries me about the the Bucks and Drew Holiday. Sometimes Drew Holiday has a tendency to just disappear sometimes. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I don't know who has to yell at him, who has to yank him by his jersey, but sometimes you really you got to get him to show up sometimes. And that's what worries me about them when it comes to that time. When it I- comes down to crunch time, when it comes down to the fourth quarter, that's what I'm getting at when I say who do you trust more in those tight moments? Because I feel well, like it's well, going to be some tight moments. I think the Brooklyn series was a turning point for the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, now Atlanta's giving us some trouble because uh-huh. the Hawks are a really good team. But, you know, I, I think they – because me and Jamal, remember the previous week, we had picked we, – we said the Bucks were dead in the water. Yeah. Um, the, the Nets were up 2-1. Now, granted, we could not have foreseen. I told you. I told we you. But <laughs> we couldn't have foreseen Kyrie, it, you know, going out and James Harden being injured as well. And, it, and to his credit, Kevin Durant still almost carried uh, yeah. to, to a series win. But Leadership. Yeah. Right, right. But, uh, you know, I think that was a big turning point for the Bucks. They said, okay, we beat the, the favorites. We can we can totally win this, and I think in those moments because the NBA Finals is all about those moments. Yeah, so, so big in those moments. So guys, we're just not giving the Hawks any shot, right? I mean, look, 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 I, look honestly, look, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be quite honest. The way the Bucks adjusted last game, yeah, yeah, it was telling. I agree. Like, yeah. what, like, 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 because Atlanta was trying to kill him with that pick and roll in the floater. Mm-hmm. They, they they shut that down. They shut it down. And, and then you look at Drew Holiday, the way he played physical defense with Trey Young. Trey Young will figure it out eventually, but by that point, to me, it'll be too late. Yeah. But I think they split in Atlanta, and it comes back two-two, and the Bucks close them out in the last two. Yeah, I, I, go I, ahead, I, real quick, I think if Atlanta had a home court advantage, I might would actually pick them to win the series. But the fact remains is they don't. They've got to. You know, at least it at least what would be two more games if it went seven. So, um, oh yeah, I I, I I I hate to be Captain Obvious here, but Giannis Antetokounmpo is obviously a horrible matchup specifically for John Collins, and John Collins is a big piece for what the for what the Atlanta Hawks do, and he's limited because I mean he's facing a monster in Giannis. Let's just be let's call a spade a spade, man, and and if he's ineffective. The Hawks have very little chance to make any any trade way against the Bucks, man. It's as simple as that, man. And and and, and it also, uh, somebody said Chris Middleton is, is is inconsistent for this playoffs. He's averaging twenty two point seven rebounds, four and a half assists, a steal and a half per game. Look, I, I I think during the first round, you you that might have been true, but since then, nah, <laughs> he he's gotten it together since then. Oh, guys, let's look, 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 look. So I'm online scrolling, looking online, and I see a hot take, a, a scorching hot take. The Carolina Panthers are overrated. <laughs> the coaches, and particularly Joe Brady, get a lot of credit and hype, but I really do not understand why. They have not proven they can be they, – they, they cannot prove that they can implement an effective offense and I fear blaming Bridgewater was a cop-out for the coaching failures. So I'm not convinced they'll be any better with Darnold, yet this team is getting a lot of buzz. First of all, where is – This is funny. Where is that yeah. buzz coming from? Yeah, who? I, I would like to meet him. I would like to meet him. I'm overrating I'm looking under the table. I'm looking in my, my bottle full of buzz. I, I don't see the buzz. But – I'm going to give my opinion. I can't effectively grade the coaching staff last year because of the circumstances surrounding the opening of the season. Like when you when you when you bring a new regime in, you have to have time to get everything right, jail with the players and stuff like that. COVID screwed everything up. I, I look, this is the true value first and first. This is a true evaluation year to me. 
But this person sounds like they want a cape for Bridgewater, and I'm not here for it. So, guys, that's exactly what it sounded like. That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Go ahead, Kaza. I was going to say, how how can you blame coaching failures when multiple times Teddy Bridgewater didn't do what the coach said to do and we lost games because of it? That's just, (laughs) it's as simple as that. And I hate to keep bringing up this example, but it's the most egregious one. Hey, man. If we score here, we might beat the Green Bay Packers. So whatever you do, do not run the ball and put it over the goal line because you might fumble it. Okay, coach, what's he do? Uh, uh, gotcha, coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Q, QB dive. Oh no! Fumble lost. So uh, I mean, I, I I agree on some of his points in that. Matt Rule and Joe Brady haven't shown that they could implement an effective offense, but like Rodney said, it was COVID season. It's Matt Rule's first year as a full head coach in the uh, in the NFL, um, and there was uncertainty at the quarterback situation. So, I mean, I agree with all, on those points, but nobody's calling the Panthers overrated. There's there's no are are calling them better than their. Let me ask you a question. For a team that's consistently picked to, to, to finish third or fourth in the division, how in the hell can you be overrated? <laughs> it could be right. You are properly rated, or in some cases underrated. Right. So here's the thing, man. This is a, this is an interesting. This is why I'm laughing so hard at this. I want, we started this podcast because a, a part of the reason, a small part of the reason, we started this podcast. Because we thought to ourselves, man, you know what? The Hornets don't get enough objective uh, coverage when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. So with that being said, you know, are they overhyped a lot? Yes. Are they overrated? Absolutely not. I mean, because the, the question remains, who is this coming from? We know in this city, football is king. Hell, in this country, football is is king. So there are, so there's always going to be more coverage, more hype, uh, more excitement, more whatever. You get what I'm saying? But I don't think there's any anybody from the media calling the Carolina Panthers the division champs going into this season. Nobody's saying it's kind of been put up or shut up with this team going into the season. So who is this coming from? Uh, does this person who said this tweet, is he related to Teddy Bridgewater in any kind of way? Is this Teddy Bridgewater's cousin? Like, I, I don't get exactly – it's kind of off base, man. He, he, he's based out of Denver. But what, what actually is kind of concerning to me is you got Panthers fans. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Woo, woo, yeah. Like How? How? I, I understand that you hate Matt Rule. I understand that you think Joe Brady shouldn't have got those interviews. I, I, I don't think he should have either. But the fact remains, like – Nobody, nobody is high on his team. Like, like if you if you listen to sports talk radio in the city, which I really don't anymore. Nobody's high on his team. Nobody's saying no Super Bowl aspects. Nobody's even saying playoffs. Let's be real. Like, the, at the end of the day, they're unproven. They're unproven, it, it, and ninety percent of the fan base doesn't even like Sam Darnold. Right. So we're again, let's where's this coming like, from? Like, 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 let's be real. Like, I, I, I understand that you. Everybody wants to say, hey. Chris McCaffrey's out last year too. But if you want to be real, we haven't won a game with Chris McCaffrey since what, 2019? <laughs> I, I I don't get it, man. I, I the thing is, maybe this, this team is, is rebuilding. This team is rebuilding, and I don't think they've actually put the label on re, on, re, on the rebuild. But if you look at it, everything is screaming rebuild. Tepper's not going to do that because fans will tune out if you say, "Okay, we're rebuilding." Fans will be like, call me when the rebuild is done. Then I'll come to some games. Tepper's all about his his, his pocketbook, and he knows that. Rightfully so. Listen, Rightfully speak, so. Speak, it's really funny that we continuously say David Tepper is the owner of this city who loves his money, yet the people of Charlotte will always say the other owner only cares about his money. And that is melanin. 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 <laughs> I mean, look, I, 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 I'm not shooting code nothing no more. It, it is what it is. Like it is what it is. Get him right. Get him right. I mean, look. I mean, Michael Jordan deserved this criticism, but Michael Jordan. Look, Michael Jordan is, is spending money every year, 
and for, for telling, actual players. You mean for actual players? For actual players, and, and they're, right? And, and they're actually telling you their freaking plans. Mitch Kupchak came out and said, "Hey, we're retooling," which everybody knows is rebuilding. You fire the coach, you, you tear it down. The Panthers have not said so because they don't want to miss out on that money. Because which they have I a hit. Well, listen, if, if that's the case, don't have such a hidden agenda. Can we all agree that it seems like the Panthers have had like this hidden agenda for the last... I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. Rebuilding teams don't get new stadiums. I couldn't have said it any better, bro. There you go. Guys, uh, we do a, we do a quick hitter. It's North Lake Mall in trouble. Yes. Yeah, we talked about this on the show. They're, they're going the way of, of East Eastland Mall. Yep. Uh, you you can't shoot people in the mall. Look, <laughs> Kaiser, 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 listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. They shoot people in Carolina Place. Carolina Place is in danger of closing, too. They, they've lost anchor stores. It, I, no, but, no, but they gained the anchor store back. They gave the Rodney? They gave the dicks. Rodney? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm about to say it. Give me a second. <laughs> they shoot people in Concord Mills, too. Concord Mills. Okay, they so shoot people in Concord. Look, and they have meth labs in Concord Mills. They do. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Concord Mills, I, I try not to put them in the conversation as North Lake and Carolina because Concord Mills is something different. It's a mall. Yeah, you, right? you listen, you know what? You, you know what's funny about Concord Mills? We as Charlotteans in the surrounding areas may not recognize this, but did you guys know that Concord Mills is kind of technically a tourist attraction? Yeah. Like seriously, it's the largest. It's hey, the come largest visit Concord. Mall you make shot today. It's it's one of the largest malls on the East Coast. It's got an aquarium. I I I I don't like to count it because Concord Mills is not like like for instance North Lake. You know, me and Rodney, we live fairly close to North Lake. It's like, I need to go get something from North Lake, and I just go up there. I don't ever be like, man, I need to go up to Concord Mills. Well, and get- you you, you got to plan for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People who live in Concord don't go to Concord Mills. It's like Concord Mills for, like, Christmas shopping or, you know, stuff like that. Whereas Carolina Place and North Lake are, like, community malls. They're very close to residential areas, unlike Concord Mills, which is, is not near a residential area. So North Lake, very close to a residential area. Um, and so those malls are always in danger uh, of closing because of, you know, can't be shooting in the malls. They, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> if, if Northlake had the Huntersville demographic and there were shootings, would, 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 they still be, would there still be rumors of closing? Specifically, if it was closer to Huntersville, no, <laughs> absolutely no, not. But well, but but I think what you would see is a more concerted effort to to have security, uh, police, police, to, police, to curb that uh, whatever the element is that's causing you know the, the, this doing these shootings. Um, you don't see that in North Lake because and and let's let's be fair here. It's not just North Lake Mall; the whole damn area. You might get shot. Sitting at Harris Boulevard and I trying to pull on the damn I-77. And my sister a few years ago was at the light and somebody shot at her car, shot up her car. Now they were shooting at somebody else, and the bullets just happened to hit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like what the hell is going on in North Lake? I I don't see, get. It. And I think see, that was the right. problem with, with Eastland Mall. It wasn't just that stuff was happening at Eastland Mall. It was a big thing. Around it. But the area around it was known to have a bit of a crime element. Um, and I, I wouldn't say was known. Notorious. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's weird, though, because I used to walk down Amon Road, like, at night. Like, just like, I'm going to go for a stroll. Now, this was 1997. I don't know. I mean, I I wasn't afraid of walking down the street. Now, I wouldn't walk down Central Avenue now or the uh, the Alamo Road now. But I think that's what it was. And North Lake might be the same thing. Whereas uh, Carolina Place, Pineville is not known as a higher crime area. It, It just isn't. So... That might be the saving grace for Carolina Place, but they're in danger too. People aren't going to malls as much in general. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to be shot at. I, I don't want to hear gunshots. I don't want to run. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, uh, the thing is, man, like, so two things, two real quick things, man. Amazon, and you can't shoot people in the mall. Th- those are the big, right, yeah. biggest two. The, yeah. that, that's, that's it, man. And, and since we're running out of time, that's all I'll say on that on that topic. And, and, <laughs> and then I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Uh, the North Lake area is prime real estate. You got to get the riffraff out. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe we get an MLB team. Northlake. Ha! Right I can see there. it. Right yes. there. Look, now we're talking. Listen to me, Charlotte. Listen to me. Here <laughs> down that mall, an entertainment complex with some with some apartments there. You gentrify that area because that, that, that that's exactly what's going to happen. What's going to happen, Rodney? You sell out. You can't suggest gentrification in North Lake. You sell out. <laughs> look, man. Look, North Lake is gentrifying itself. <laughs> It is riffraff. It is riffraff there. It's riffraff. I'm sorry. It's a lot of riffraff. I'd love for us to find a way to get rid of the riffraff without having to gentrify that area. But look, but when you shoot people, there's a price to pay. It's it's that simple. Riffraff to shoot people. That's it. (laughs) And if you look at it, if you look at it, you're right off of seven. You're you're right off of 77. You have access to the Huntersville and Davidson wine and cheese Yeah. Four eighty five is right there, so it's a short drive. The people are on well, on the loop, and then you could, and then the other side of four eighty uh, on the other side of seventy seven, it's prime for gentrification too. You, you you guys remember the old furniture mart that 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 disappeared, <laughs> right? So I mean, yeah, I can guarantee you, people in Davidson, which is only eight miles down the road, they're not coming to North Lake to shop. Right they're going to Burtdale. They're going to Burtdale. Yeah, they're, they're 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 not coming down the, to North Lake. Uh, some somebody is is going is going to change that. They're going to steal Rodney's idea. That's it. Hey man, look, black men are used to the ideas getting stolen. This is my shout out because Rodney stealing Rodney's idea gave me. This is a old man Kaiser story, so bear with me. But my dad, you know, used to work. He worked with Energy for forty years, and. Um, you know, he worked there when Charlotte got the Hornets. And for those of you who are really young and do not remember the old Charlotte Coliseum, that place was massive. And when I say massive, huge, huge, I mean massive, 27,000 seats. NBA arenas aren't that big anymore, but it had so many seats that if you were in the nosebleeds, you couldn't see them. Yeah. You were just looking at ants playing on the court, unlike, you know, NBA arenas now where there are really no bad seats like at, at the Spectrum Center. But, but back at the Charlotte Coliseum, you were just out of luck if, if you couldn't get down close. So this guy my dad worked with, you know, he he this guy was a big Hornets fan. Um, and he was like, man, I've been to games there, but, you know, I just can't see anything. So he had this idea. He was like, you know what? Someone should just sell binoculars at the game. You know, that would be a great idea. He's like, and every day he'd come to work and he'd talk about this idea. And he he chart out his business plans. You know what? If I get a loan, I can get the da 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 da. He do this every day, and guess what happened? Somebody beat him to it. Somebody beat him to it. A guy they worked with went got a business loan, went directly to the NBA and the Hornets, said, "Hey, I'll cut you guys in three percent each if you let me sell binoculars of the Hornets games." And the NBA and Hornets said, "Absolutely." Rest is history. That guy retired. My dad said that guy retired from Duke Energy after two years. And the other guy was salty. He said he never forgave him for that. But that illustrates that illustrates a great point. Two things. Never talk about your plans. Never, ever. Never talk about your plans outside of your tightest circle. And second, don't sit on ideas. Just do it. If that guy had just done what he said he was going to do. Now uh, just do it. Yeah, and, and the guy that owned the you – know, if you go to a Bobcat – or Bobcats, oh, my God. If you go to a Hornets game now – You're, you're fired. <laughs> if you go to a Hornets game now, you cannot buy binoculars because you don't really need them. But that guy ended up selling that business to the NBA. And, yeah, it's just like – yeah. Mm. Guys, mm. if you got an idea, just do it. Live it out. Just, just like it. we had an idea for under construction, we did it. And I'm sure you guys have seen other – uh, I don't want to call them imitators. We'll say uh, other admirers. Yes, uh, yes, popping yeah. up after that. But uh, starting. <laughs> yeah. It's Sunday. 
yeah. Sunday. Not a lot yeah. going on. I, 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 I'm gonna just say this. I'm gonna just say this <laughs> on my other podcast. We saw an imitator, and I'm not gonna say anything else because they did look. I, I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on my soapbox for a second. <laughs> Bigger brands are always watching what you're doing. That's right. And, and, and they will pick and they will pick what you do and run and run with your idea and sell it like it's yours. But if you got an LLC and video proof, that's it. <laughs> that is that is the perfect segue to my shout out, Rodney. Thank you, sir. So there is this special on Netflix. It is called This Is Pop. And the first installment of this series is called The Boys to Men Effect. It is an excellent series. Uh, T-Pain has a segment on it, which I haven't gotten to yet. I urge everybody to watch this special because if you love music, you will love this special. But speaking of the powers that be are always watching, Babyface has a segment on it. He said, well, you want to know what happened to Boys to Men? NSYNC, 98 Degrees, and the Backstreet Boys happened to Boys to Men. He said, you know, there's always some executive looking at what you do. Speaking of imitators and copiers, <laughs> I just found it interesting that we we're talking about this as I was watching this special today, which was going to be my shout out. I was just going to simply shout out the, the, the series, which I just think is dope anyway. But it's a perfect segue to what was talked about today. So my shout out is to anybody who loves music to watch this special called This Is Pop. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I urge everyone to check it out. Um, me for shout outs. Uh nothing really comes to mind with shout outs. Uh shout out to the people in the chat once again, man. Thank you. Yeah, shout out to the here, supporters, man. people in the chat. Um uh, that's that's pretty much it, man. Thank you guys for watching. <laughs> I don't have any shout outs or, or, or well, I, I did kind of step on my soapbox. Uh <laughs> yeah, that was that that's a good parting shot. That, that that that's a good part of the shot. I, I'm not going to say any names because they don't deserve that attention. But oh, one more thing, man! Shout out to Charlotte for the uh, Juneteenth celebrations uh, put on this past week. That was hella dope. I uh, really did appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Uh, and man, look, man, it's I'm, I'm gonna say this: COVID ain't gone nowhere, man. It's still here. Right? Yeah. Ha have your mask around your face, uh, but enjoy being out responsibly no doubt no doubt all right guys thank you guys for watching the construction fellas Rodney, jamal kaiser peace out to the next time y'all